Blog Talk Radio. The following is a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the Roman Show Network, its management, or other advertisers. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. As a matter of fact, our first edition of Russell City Radio. Uh, brand new era, brand new everything here on the in the studio. Uh, I'm on actually on site of construction of our new brand new studios. If you have not been following us on social media, I have been posting up photos of the progress of the studios. Uh, it's not just going to be for Russell City Radio, but it's also going to be for our partners at Legions Media, which you can follow them on Facebook, Legions Media, Facebook.com, Legions Media, and also Speed. Speedy's Productions on Facebook, which is facebook.com backslash Speedy's Productions. Uh, but basically, yeah, uh, guys, our first ever edition of Russell City, I do, apo- I do apologize for no intro. Uh, we are working on that. It's, it's been a very tough, tough week with a lot of things being worked on. And as speaking of being worked on, I have to introduce my sister from another mister. And here I go, because contract says so, the lollipop queen, Christina. How are you? I am doing fantastical. Very busy day for me today with uh, me being in the kitchen. And that's not a woman joke. It's an actual thing. <laughs> I am been stuck in the kitchen all day making pies and cakes for our dear friend, Mr. Darby Crash's birthday tonight which I cannot wait. We will be doing that after the show tonight at an undisclosed location because I don't want people following me because that's a fucking thing. Excuse my language. It's okay. Yeah, that... <laughs> no worries, no worries. It's live radio for Christ's sake. You know, we're all human and we're all adults here. But, uh, oh, and our cue card guy has arrived, uh, Mr. Raymond Sanchez. Thank you very much for, for coming into work on time. Uh, Raymond is, of course, our, our background guy, making sure that I always say things right on the show. Uh, and, of course, our partners at Speedy's Productions are tuning in, so thank you very much for that, uh, tuning in. Uh, now, guys, we have a great show lined up here for you. Uh, we got two ROH superstars, a woman, a woman Wow, I messed up that one. A woman of honor in Kennedy Brink will be joining us uh, first. And then we're going to be joined by the leader of the rebellion, Rhett Titus, here on the show, formerly one half of the All Night Express. But first, let's start talking about women of honor. Uh, Christina, you had the honor and the privilege to interview not one, but two women of honor for the Miami Herald over the past couple weeks, uh, both Ms. Kelly Klein and Mandy Leon, that you can catch at themiamiherald.com right now. Tell us about that experience. Uh, yeah, that experience is actually really fantastic. Um, the article with Mandy Leon and the article with Kelly Klein are going to be two separate articles. We decided to uh, not put them together. Uh, but the one I, I did with Mandy Leon is already out. So if you want to find me on Facebook, uh, go right ahead. I've posted it. If you're friends with Mr. Jim Barcelone, who everybody knows and loves, he also posted it on his Facebook as well. Or you can just go down to the Miami Herald uh, and the website and search my name. You'll find it that way. The uh, one I did with Kelly Klein is going to be more of a Q&A sort of portion, uh, and that will be out probably by the end of the week. I'm not 100% sure. It's all in gym hands right now. So when that comes out, of course, I will be sure to let everybody know. But it's been an absolute honor to be able to do this uh, with them, you know, just to be able to write about women's wrestling 
is, is an honor in and of itself. But to be able to do it with women that, you know, restarted and relaunched the uh, the Women of Honor brand for Ring of Honor is, is absolutely mind-blowing. I'm 100% humbled and, and speechless at the opportunity that I have. No, I would imagine, you know, especially with such a huge, you know, news outlet like the Miami Herald, you know, getting that opportunity to write for them. And on top of that, with two great stars of the ring, of their craft, in Mandy Leon, and of course, like you said, Kelly Klein. Uh, now, also, let me go ahead and, and mention this. Your, your plate has been full lately, and, you know, I'm going to start talking about other things, too, but your plate is full. Again, you not just did the Miami Herald stuff uh, over the past week, uh, Lollipop Queen, but this coming week, you traveled to New York with our partners at Legion's Media with Mrs. Millie Cruz uh, to now visit BCW's one-year anniversary, where you'll be meeting the likes of, like, Billy Gunn, Mike Orlando, uh, Darius Carter, to name a few. Uh, what are the plans so far when you reach New York? Oh, uh, wow. Um, it's definitely a lot. It's very uh, mind-blowing and overwhelming, but I'm a professional, and I will handle it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we get there on Thursday, which will kind of just be like a relaxing day, sightseeing and stuff, because it's been, I believe, five years, four or five years since I've been to New York. Um, yeah, and then Friday we have the show, the BCW first anniversary show. Uh, I will be there, obviously, with Miss Millie the entire weekend. So if you see me, you will obviously see her, and if you see her, you will see me by her side constantly. Um so, yeah, we're doing the BCW show. I'm very excited. We do have some things planned, but I will not reveal those. It's either you're going to have to be there or you're going to have to hear about it uh, next week on this show. Uh, Saturday in the morning, we will be doing the uh, convention out there in New York. I've posted about it on my Facebook, which, you know, I'm there to, to promote BCW. I'm there to promote Russell City. Millie is obviously there to promote Legion's Media. And I will be doing the meet and greet because that was a gift from George and Mr. Peter Rosado himself. A gift that I will be meeting my childhood idol that is Lita, which I'm hoping that I can handle it like an adult and not pass out like a 16-year-old. I'm hoping that I don't make a complete ass of myself in front of my idol. So I'm excited about it. I'm very nervous. And then that. Saturday night, I will be at Ring of Honor's uh, Manhattan Mayhem event. I'm very, very excited about that. I love going to Ring of Honor shows. I haven't been to too many, and I'm definitely excited to see the Young Bucks because I've never seen them before, and they are advertised to be at this show. So it's definitely going to be a mix of being very professional and doing work and things that I have to do into, you know, going into ultimate fan mode but I have to gain my composure because I am a professional woman and I can handle it. This is what I do. Yeah, but This is my job. <laughs> But, Christina, no one will blame you. I, I'm not going to point fingers at you and be like, oh, look at this one. She couldn't handle it. No one can blame you. <laughs> like, Millie, Mrs. Millie Cruz and myself, we were there present uh, this past week when uh, when we all went to uh, NXT here in Miami, and we all saw you reach a dream come true when when you hugged Shinsuke Nakamura. And I did. I... Literally, yeah, go ahead. 
I did, and it was crazy because, you know, obviously anybody that was at the NXT show, or not, or just no in general, it was Nakamura's birthday that day, and I thank my Jesus Christ stars that I was in the right place at the right time and was able to obtain a hug from Nakamura himself, but it may have been his birthday, but it felt like mine. And I may have freaked out a little bit much because after I went outside, outside of the venue, and, and basically my knees gave out and I fell to the ground in shock and <laughs> dismay. So, yeah. But I what? promise I will not be like that. NXT, I was not working the event at NXT, so it was all fan-based. <laughs> That's why I acted like that. If I was more in a professional setting, I would have composed myself a little bit more. And But... I was there to have fun, and that's what I did. Well, mind you, again, I won't blame you if your knees buckled in front of Lita. For Christ's sake, I could only imagine how how you'll be if you even interviewed Lita. Thank God for Millie Cruz being there. Thank God, because I know sometimes, you know, uh, <laughs> the butterflies hit you so hard, you're like, I need to do this with someone, because it's understandable. It's like if I met Hulk Hogan, I'd be like, where's Christina? I can't do this alone. Where's Christina? <laughs> you know, I would not be able to interview Hulk Hogan by myself. I'm serious. So thank God for Millie Cruz being there if in case an interview happens. But I'm going to shout this out to anyone that's listening. Guys, if you have a picture, a video, anything, as a matter of fact, I even watched the WWE.com video that they put out of, of his birthday celebration after the show ended, and I was like, please show his, you know, him exiting. Please show his exiting. Because I was like, oh, God, I hope the clip is there, and it wasn't. So, guys, I know somewhere out there that's listening, if you have a picture or a video of his exiting, Exit from the Miami ring, the Miami show here at NXT. Please share it on our fan page. It's at Russell City Radio, Facebook.com, backslash Russell City Radio. If you have a clip for that way, we could share that to Miss Christina. I know she would love to have that. Uh, am I wrong or right? Oh, completely. Uh, usually I can count on Danya. Who, if anybody knows that, part of the Reyes family that is a little CM Punk's mom. Usually I can count on her for the footage of, of moments like that for me, but she wasn't aware that it was happening, so unfortunately she didn't. Uh, she wasn't able to obtain the footage, but if anyone out there in the universe, on the internet, the blogosphere, if you will, anyone has a picture or a video of that moment for me, I would definitely truly appreciate if someone can send that my way. Please, somebody find something. <laughs> Well, guys, we, we at Russell City Radio are asking you for your help. Please let us uh, help us find a clip or a picture of that special moment of the lollipop queen. For Christ's sake, she brings you entertainment by stealing everyone's lollipop. Might as well just help her find a picture. But, guys, there are two topics that I want to talk about before we get our guests here on our show. One major one is the one that's hit social media so tough today that everyone's going ape bonkers, uh, I'm, say, I'm trying to remain PG-13 here, that the Hardys refuse to sign a new deal with TNA. And on top of that, Matt Hardy's uh, store might be closing down soon, and everyone's jumping ship saying, is this a sign of the Hardys signing with the WWE? Uh, personally, we, I talked to our, our boss, Mr. Rodolfo Roman, earlier today, and 
and I was telling him the, the pros and cons about this, and I told him if the Hardys get signed before Mania, what is that going to do for their appearance at Ring of Honor? So, and who would, they like, who would they face upon arriving in the WWE? Bro, Christina, this is one of the most epic things going on in the world of professional wrestling right now. It's confirmed the Hardys would not re-sign with TNA. What do you have to say about this? I mean, anybody who knows me on a personal level knows my love for the Hardys. Obviously, with me meeting Lita, one of my idols, Team Extreme, was number one in my book as uh, a kid watching wrestling. Um, but with them not signing, uh, re-signing with TNA, I definitely think there's going to be a buzz. I'm a little, a little skeptical because of how much my heart was broken with the whole uh, Kenny Omega ordeal. Uh, with, you know, that big of a teaser and then kind of not happening. But um, I do, if they do come back, I don't think they're going to come back until uh, after WrestleMania. I don't think it's going to be beforehand. They do have contractual obligations to Ring of Honor during mm-hmm. WrestleMania weekend. I think if they do uh, show up, it'll be the, probably the night after WrestleMania, which I think is great because, as you know, any wrestling fan knows, the night after WrestleMania is a big event for uh, people that are debuting, people that are coming back. Uh, it's definitely a big show to look out for and to watch. Uh, so I think if they do, they're definitely going to come back uh, the night after WrestleMania. And as far as who they're going to go up against, I honestly think they're going to go after the club. I do. Hmm. Because, that would you know, be like interesting. At Ring, Honor, at Ring of Honor, they're facing the Young Bucks, who are a part of the Bullet Club. Carl Anderson, Luke hmm. Gallows, were a part of the Bullet Club, and they are all about taking down all of the tag teams. So why not go from one uh, Bullet Club team to the next Bullet Club team, or now as in WWE, just the club, but everybody knows. No, no, you bring up a great point. As a matter of fact, I didn't think about that. But personally, me as a fan, if I have to put my journalism aside and I have to say who would I like for you know the Hardys to face. As a fan, I'd rather see them go against the American Alpha, in my opinion, because I feel like those two teams can make magic, I think. You got the young style of the American Alpha, the energetic style, you know, that even the young bucks bring. And then, of course, you have the experience and the great promo work and the amazing characters in the Broken Hardys. Now, thank you, Raymond, very much for the this tidbit. Uh, Raymond just informed me that the reason that the Matt Hardy store is closing is because Rebby Sky is pregnant. So, the but, Matt Hardy but, store. Go ahead. To be honest, though, this isn't the first time she's been pregnant. Come on. Like I know, I know Rebby Sky, <laughs> and she busts her butt on a daily basis running that store, pregnant or not pregnant. And you know, she did it when she was pregnant with Maxwell. She did it when she gave birth to Maxwell, and she's been doing it this entire time. So I don't, I don't know. For me, that's hard to believe. That's the reason why. Well, there you go, Raymond. You're, you're our cue card guy, and you're already failing in the eyes of Christina. How dare you? And you've yet to even meet him. I mean, meet her, sorry. I apologize, Christina. You've yet to even meet her. You know, come on. Failing this early? That's a no-no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and, Raymond, yes, I apologize for not including you. Go ahead, Christine. I'm sorry. To be fair, George and Raymond, I am untouchable when it comes to the Hardys. I know everything. 
Well, there you go. Raymond, I think you have some competition for the Hardys when, when she arrives in New York. <laughs> this is going to be some interesting stuff. I, I'm, I'm saying that right now. Yes, Raymond, this weekend is going to be crazy. So, basically, we're still waiting on Miss Kennedy Brink to be calling in. Uh, she just gave me the okay uh, that she'll be calling in shortly. But there is another topic that I want to bring up, uh, which is, has to do with the Hall of Fame uh, you know, announcement that they had a little earlier. But let's go ahead and talk to Ms. Brink before we start talking about that topic because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a nice, hefty one uh, going into that. But, guys, uh, you know, of course, let's go ahead and open up the lines to the one, the only, and I think this is her, because now I have two lines calling in. Let's see which one it is. <laughs> oh, God. Hello, welcome to Wrestle City Radio. You're on with George and Christina. Is this Mrs. Kennedy Brink? This is Kennedy Brink, the exclamation point of women's wrestling. How are you? <laughs> oh, good, good. Oh, my God. I just was guessing which number it was, too. Thank God I picked the right one. I could only imagine if I if I said to the other person, hey, is this Kennedy Brink? Uh, I think I would have been lynched. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> you already guessed correctly. You picked the correct door behind number one. <laughs> well, thank you so very much, Ms. Brink, for joining us here on Russell City Radio. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't know this, but you and I go far back, way many years ago. And, of course, we'll we'll talk about that later because Christina's going to handle this first portion of the interview. But it, it's kind of like a welcome back home party for you because, again, you and I worked together a long time ago. So I have to say welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, it has been a long time. It's crazy what you know my career was and where it was and what I was doing compared to uh now where things are just you know really picking up momentum so I'm a, I'm a happy camper over here <laughs> who can blame you but anyway let's go ahead and start off the interview I'm not going to take much time from the lollipop queen yes I have to call her that as part of her contract uh I'll tell you later about that Ms. Brink but basically Ms. Brink uh let me introduce you to the lollipop queen Christina the microphone is all yours thank you George first of all Miss Kennedy I want to officially uh welcome you to our show and thank you for, you know, giving us the time to sit down and interview you today, because I know you're very busy, so I do appreciate you giving us the time. No problem. Thank you for having me, Miss Lollipop Queen. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, uh, oh, you know, Lord. we we kind of covered this a little bit earlier in the show, and George says you're aware of it, but I've had the absolute pleasure and opportunity to um, interview some of your fellow women of honor i.e. Mandy Leon and uh, Kelly Klein, and now I'm having the pleasure of interviewing you. So this is absolutely, like, mind-blowing for me, so I thank you again for that. Um, yeah, so basically I just kind of just want to start out of, like, your upbringing. You know, I've, I've seen you in Ring of Honor before. I've been to a live show where you were, and I do believe you were going against Rachel Ellering, if I remember right. Yeah, 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 that was in... Um... Uh, I forget. I know it was in Florida, but I just I just don't remember the town on that particular one. I know that the uh, night after we were in Lakeland, um, but I don't remember the. It was probably was it, I guess closer to Miami home for that one. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was in Fort Lauderdale. It was at the infamous yeah. War Memorial Auditorium. It was actually my very first Ring of Honor event. So you know that's an, that's an honor in and of itself that I was able to see you at my very first Ring of Honor event. 
That's we awesome. Two, Plus it was, uh, since it was the Women of Honor match, it was the first one. Well, there was one more match ahead of us, but we were one of the first matches. So that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Not only were, did I see you at the very first Ring of Honor event, but I saw the very first match of my very first Ring of Honor event. So look at that. Two pounds there more. But, yeah, kind of, I just kind of wanted to start out, like, your upbringing and, you know, how you were able to, you know, get in this business if you were a fan beforehand and kind of to see where your uh, your humble beginnings, so to say. Sure, 100%. Um, wrestling was always, you know, people say it's something they always enjoyed, and um, I fell into it by chance. Uh, I was watching, uh, you know, uh, television one night when I was in the fifth grade, fourth grade, and uh, wrestling just had to be something where I – was scrolling through the channels and was like, well, this is interesting. And then uh, I just picked up on it, and 7-Eleven was doing a campaign at the time with trophy cups and whatnot. So, um, of course, I saw that on the posters and the cups and picked up the television time um, then uh, to, to, to see what time to tune in. And I was up, you know, I just really, really enjoyed it. Uh, but for me, actually getting in the ring was a different story because uh, I was an athlete. I grew up 240, 250 plus pounds, you know, um, I didn't do any athleticism at all, uh, I would sit, I would go home after school and sit behind my computer and watch wrestling, or, um, the thing that I really enjoyed doing was writing and wrestling, I, I love to, uh, you know, the, the, the geeks, uh, the, 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 the geek fan play or the role play or all that jazz, I did all that, you know, put myself in storylines or, whatever this and that, and I never thought getting in the ring was actually something that I could do. Um, but when I hit senior year, you know, I, I, I um, an independent wrestler, his name was uh, Patrick Brink, Pat Brink, he uh, helped me lose a significant amount of weight, um, 60 plus pounds altogether at this point, and, um, and ultimately got me in the ring for my first bump at the end of 2009. So, um, it's been a long journey for me because, uh, you know, I did four, a few years on the Indies first, and then um, I found my, found my way to Florida. So it's uh, it's a, been a crazy, a crazy journey, but that, I think, is the most exciting thing to life for the things that are most unexpected or things you don't really plan for, and you just take it and happens. So it's, uh, it's been a crazy, crazy journey. Now, when you first started uh to get into watching wrestling as a fan, do you remember what it was, like, initially that got you hooked? You said you were just flipping through uh, the channels. Like, do you remember what it was that was on TV that was just like, whoa, you need to stop and you need to pay attention to this? The feud I remember specifically, I believe, was uh, Jericho and uh, Triple H with Stephanie and all that, that craziness. Um, and then I remember going to my first house show and that being the main event as well. So I'm going to say in that time period, it was one that really captivated me. Um, and I've always been a, 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 you know, a stickler for promos. And I love the in-ring promos and the backstage vignettes and things like that. I just, I, I've always loved that emotional aspect of it. And the wrestling was always secondary for me, quite uh, ironically. Um, so I just, I really always enjoyed those backstage promos and in-ring, in, in-ring promos and things of that nature. So I think that's what really got me with those larger-in-life characters that just made me invested and made me either love them or made me hate them so much. Like, um, Of course, this is farther down the line, but I was a huge fan, or, well, I hated um, JBL. I 
hate, like, hate, hate, such a strong word, right? Like, legitimately hated this man to the point where I'm going to these shows and just yelling, and he can't hear me. But I felt this anger and the necessity to just always to lash out at him, and I just hated him so much. But he did his job well. So um, that's, that's the craziness of it all. I mean, it was the same way for me when Austin turned heel, and I would just be at home just, like, screaming at my TV. And, you know, nobody was – obviously, you can't hear me through the TV. And, like, you know, my mom's walking throughout the kitchen and the living room just looking at me like I'm a crazy person. But I honestly thought that, like, I had some sort of an effect on, like, the storyline in general, just, like, yelling at my TV screen, just being like, why would you do this, Austin? No! Just, like, you yeah. know, just completely – demolishing all of my favorite people and you know but that's that's the beauty of wrestling you know it's you know you yes. get involved you're invested and you feel like you're you want to be there and you're in the crowd and you're you know you're cheering for the ones that you love and you're pulling the ones that you hate it's it's a, it's a very interesting like fact about like wrestling and, and being a fan and you get so involved in it and you know saying, yeah saying that you've been to like house shows I didn't get to a house show until I was, like, 15. Uh, what was your experience going to your very first house show? Like, did you – was it a really different experience than watching it on TV at home? From what I remember, I I was you know, I was younger, too. I don't remember how old I was. Um, but I was short. And my dad, you know, wanted to get us close seats, you know. So he got us floor seats. But it was unfortunate because when you're so – tiny and you're like eight or nine rows back you know you can't really see much so I just remember that but just being so so just overwhelmed of how how you know just hard hitting it was because you're still pretty close at that point and just the, the energy of, of the crowd and it and every single time I go to a show it's the same way whether it's WWE whether it's Ring of Honor whether it's independent show when when that crowd is invested and into it and they're they're reacting, and the the the, the energy and the buzz, I get, I get goosebumps. And one of the uh, even if I'm watching it on television, um, just this past a few weeks ago with Bailey and Charlotte, they people were so invested, and I just had goosebumps all over. I'm just like, yep, that that sound of a crowd that's just so stimulating to me that I, that. It reminds you why you love it so so much because sometimes it's real. It's easy to forget when you get into the grind of things. Yeah, with me, you know, being able to to go to more wrestling shows, more on like the business standpoint, with my uh, journalism and things like that, it's kind of like you kind of do. Um, you miss that when you're at you're, you know you're in the crowd as a fan and you know you're just the energy is there and everyone is swept up in it. And, you know, you're, you're starting to make friends with the guy next to you because, you know, they love the same guys you do. And it's, it's like a very, like, tight-knit, close-knit community. And I have met uh, so many people that I consider true friends now through being in the crowd with other people and just meeting them, like, after shows, talking about how great the show was or just in the crowd. And, you know, you're cheering the same guy or you're booing the same person. And it's, it's, it's a t- close-knit community, and I absolutely love it. It's a little, like, sad sometimes when I have to be there for business and I can't be in the crowd. I have to be, you know, backstage or, you know, on the sidelines and stuff, getting ready to do interviews and stuff like that. But it's an absolute dream come true, and I absolutely love the energy no matter what, if I'm in there for business or I'm there for pleasure. It's it's a unique experience, and I would not treat it for anything. 
Agreed, agreed. Yeah, even when I, I was a fan, I actually met one of my best friends still today um, through through a signing that I went to uh, for for one of the WWE superstars when I was when I was super younger, and we we still talk all the time. So, and she's one of my best friends. So you you just never know who you're going to meet when you're going to these things or traveling or and and who you wouldn't have met, you know, if you, you hadn't have done these things or what you wouldn't have seen if you hadn't been traveling for these things. So it's, you know, it's definitely not a, uh, a mediocre, you know, life, <laughs> which is awesome for me because I never want to be mediocre. Yeah. Cause you know, the, the, the friends that you meet through wrestling, uh, at least for me, like I try to like hold on to them because, you know, I have obviously my own separate group of friends that I've been friends with since like elementary school who don't really care for wrestling at all. And, you know, I'll sit there and just try and like have conversations about like, Oh, I'm going to this show. I'm going to that show. I'm doing this interview. And they literally don't know what I'm talking about. So it's really nice to be able to have that separate group of friends that are really into wrestling. And they're just as excited as you are for, you know, shows and opportunities and things like that. But I do want to talk to you about, you know, uh, your training. Um, you know, how you started training, like how you got involved in it, like where you started to look, what the moment was that you were just like, this is what I want to do. I need to find a school. I need to find someone to train me. I need to be in the ring. Sure. Um, I actually, I remember the specific moment for me because, like I told you, uh, I wasn't an athlete growing up or anything like that. So I, uh, a friend of mine who lost the majority of weight before I did, brought uh, me to the gym. And I went in the gym, and I'm, like, I'm young, probably 17, 16, 17, 18, in that range, right, in that ballpark. And I get on the uh, elliptical machine, and I'm on the elliptical for unless I can't go on the lowest resistance for, like, in five minutes. I'm like, holy crap. Like, I'm completely winded. I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to be here. I'm embarrassed. And I just look up at the ceiling, and it's kind of like a, you know, like a light bulb moment. Like, what's holding you back? from anything you ever want in life, you know, and at that time, you know, I was very gung-ho, I'm going to go to college for this degree, to be a writer, so I can be here, so I can be and have a job, and that that was my, that was the the light at the end of my summer that I saw, and I'm sitting there, and I saw her and her success with her weight loss, and I was just like, you know, let's go for it, I'm super, super young, let's start on this journey, and so... The goal then at that point was, well, I'm going to find a school after I get out of high school. That's at, this, at the end of the summer. That's after that's what my plan is. And uh, the summer that I graduated, um, like I told you, uh, one of the independent wrestlers in my area, Pat Brink, helped me with a lot of my weight loss. Um, and in turn, he helped me take my first few bumps at a uh, local school. Um and then uh, he actually left. He left to go back to, I'm not sure, because he went back and forth to Florida a few times because he had he had a contract at FCW, um, and he trained at Team 3D himself uh, quite a few times. So I'm not sure of the time frame in which he came down and back and when he helped me and when he didn't. But, um, but he left, and uh, thankfully in July of 2010, um, my first school that I attended on a regular basis opened. Uh, and that was at Gilbert's Fresh Wrestling Cap- Academy in Southern Maryland. And uh, thankfully, I like to say I was uh, brainwashed by good people there uh, who helped me. They uh, they worked a little bit. They weren't completely together. They uh, they were 
a good working relationship, and that's how I got my first few steps in the door with MCW Pro Wrestling, doing uh, training at Gilbergs and then doing uh, valet work there, and finally being able to have my first match um, probably about um, six months six months or so afterwards, and I think it was January of 2010 or 2011. So, um, yeah, and when and, and as far as looking for schools and things like that, um, you want quality. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, I can't afford that," or "I can't, I can't afford that much money." And saying, "Well, you're, you're getting quality. You don't want to go and spend less for something when you're going someplace and you're putting your body on the line." And because simple things in wrestling are incredibly dangerous that people just don't appreciate. A simple hip toss gone wrong can paralyze you for life. A simple back bump can paralyze you for life. And these are the things that people just take for granted. And so you want to put your trust and your money and your your teaching somewhere that you're going to get your money's worth for your safety, but also, heck, what has this guy or girl done? Why am I listening to you and why why am I giving my money to you? What knowledge am I going to soak in from you? And so that's why today I, I highly recommend T3D Academy. Um, it's where I go now. Um, and on top of that, we focus on athletic conditioning and cardio that a lot of schools don't. Um, a lot of schools will open up at, say, 6 o'clock at night, run till about 9 o'clock. We'll roll around a little bit. We'll do a little, you know, a little wrestling around, and then that's it. But we're open 12, uh, 12.30 in the afternoon, Wednesday, Thursday, and Fridays for beginners class. We're there doing athletic conditioning and cardio on the outside of the ring. And then uh, we'll have beginners class from 2.30 to 4.30, 5 o'clock that's in the ring, and then we'll have advanced class at night. So I'm there Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, usually 12.30 to 9 at night. Um, and it's my paradise. I love it. I'm a happy camper. It's my place. It's my. I love being there. Um, I love the athletic conditioning. It's brought me to a new level. Um, I am happily in the best condition I've ever been in my entire life. So, And that's always scary because there's always room to improve. So, um, That was a mouthful. Sorry, I keep talking. <laughs> Speaking of, like, you being in, like, you consider the best condition of your life, kind of talk about um, a little bit about your first day of training, like, walking into that building. Like, what was going through your head? Was it just – pure excitement were you nervous was it overwhelming oh 100 so like uh my first 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 night of training i'll say uh wasn't at gilberg's it was with my first initial trainer pat brink um and my first bumps it's it's it was cold we, we were in maryland it's completely cold there's no there's no heat in there, which is, you know, I, I don't mind. I don't, I'm not, you know, there's no, there's barely a bathroom. Uh, you know, one of those places where it's just, it's a hole in the wall. There's the, the ring, which is, I believe, 18 by 18, barely has any other room outside. It's, you know, it's not the cleanliest of places, right? These are all the things that you should pay attention to now when you're, you know, looking for places, right? But don't, you know, learn from my mistakes, Okay. Um, so you know, go in there. And one of the big things for me too, is that, um, I grew up having, uh, scoliosis, which is basically curvature of the spine. So I'm, you know, I, this is a great, it was a great decision for me to do this whole wrestling thing all together. Right. So, um, 
so I, I grew up having to wear, you know, back bra- a back brace and things like that to stop the curvature and things like that. Everything's great now. I don't have any problems, thank God. Um, everything's good. I rarely have any back problems or back pain at all, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess that's just come with that, the athletic conditioning and things that I've gotten over the years. But uh, going in there, so I imagined my first bumps to be like, I am scared to death because I feel like if I take this bump, I'm going to have these, like, sharp pains. I'm going to die. Not die, but just the point where I want to know that I can do this and do these basic bumps because if I don't, then my dreams are up, right? That all the dreams that I've worked so hard for thus far at the point of losing the weight and things like that, it's going to be, it's not, it's going to be for nothing at this point if I, if I can't take these bumps. So, uh, of course, I'm nervous over that. And then um, I took them, and I was okay. And I got up, and I was like, wow, okay, so let's just keep moving forward. And uh, for me, you know, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't a super athlete, so even basic roles were hard for me, like uh, forward roles and things like that. I just never did anything like that when I was younger. My I didn't know how to control my body, and sometimes that still is an issue today. I won't lie and say that I've mastered completely my body and things like that. It's still uh, a mental problem for a lot of my things. Um, that I deal with. So, um, so that was the first day of training, and I I remember refereeing um, a little like match. The two guys that have been wrestling for a long time were there, and they 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 needed a referee. So I was there, and one of the guys told me that I was the worst referee that he had ever seen, and I should just quit the business then. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, thank you. And uh, I like to, you know if he comments on something on Facebook, cause he wasn't, you know, he wasn't being serious or anything. He was just joking around. But of course my little 18 year old self was like, Oh, he hates me. And I don't know. Do I really suck that bad on my first day? You know? So, uh, but you know, I'll always Josh around and tell him because then Ryan and remind him that I was the worst referee he had ever seen. And I should just quit the business then. But I think I've, uh, I think I've done, a little bit more <laughs> and I, I'm a little more successful than uh, anticipated. So there's that. It's really funny that you bring up, um, you know, doing back rolls and front rolls because when this topic comes up in past interviews that I've had, a lot of people say that the thing that they found the hardest to get used to and master are rolls. And everyone thinks it's so easy. Like even me just watching, I'm just like, Oh, it's a roll. Easy as cheese pie. But, no, everyone has the same problem. It's always the roles that are just the hardest to get down. Yeah, definitely. And they're super important, too, because, you know, if if something goes goes, goes wire or something goes wrong, you need to be able to tuck and turn and roll to save yourself in any position. So, And they help with, you know, ring awareness and dizziness and everything. So they are super important, even if we all hate them. <laughs> and also, like, bringing up the fact that, you know, you had a wrestler jokingly or not saying that you were the worst one he's ever seen. And, you know, being in the wrestling business, it definitely, it's, you have to be mentally strong, not only physically strong and able, but you really have to be mentally strong because there's a lot of criticisms out there and people that do not want to see you succeed at all. And do you think you had like, you know, was that something that was like shocking to you that you weren't necessarily expecting so many people to, you know, be so critical um, to be honest with you, incredibly blessed because I the the biggest hater and the biggest critic that I have to deal with is my own brain. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I'm not sure because I honestly I I don't know. I don't think anyone can be harder on me than myself. Um, and it, it's it's that's 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 a challenge sometimes. Um, but I think that makes me stronger as a person, as an individual, and as a wrestler. Of course, there's gonna there's fans or you know dirt uh, dirt sheets will talk and criticize a match or give it a two star out of a ten star. But you know, have these people? What have, who have they wrestled? How many times have they been in a ring? Uh, what are their qualifications? You know, so in in any entertainment industry, in any industry at all, there's always going to be negativity. Um, that I think that just comes with the human population. Um, but the more positivity that we can bring all together, I think is, is good. But like I said, the biggest critique and critiquer critic, there it is, um, that, um, that I have to deal with is myself. Oh, I, I a hundred percent agree with that. I mean, I am definitely my own worst critic. You know, I always try to, you know, I always tend to point out the worst in, you know, the articles that I write or interviews that I do. And and I really do think it's a good thing. I think it's definitely good to be aware of what you're doing wrong. You don't want to have, you know, so much confidence to think you're invincible and that you can do everything right. I think, you know, with you, with, you know, being kind of not self-doubting, but just being able to point out your mistakes is definitely a mature thing to do. And it's definitely something to, like, look out for to be like, all right, I can do this better next time. It's all about bettering yourself on a daily basis, professionally or personally. It's always about looking at what you can uh, do better, what you can tweak, and what you can work better in your favor. Definitely improving every day in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Well, since I don't want to take up too much of your time, and this has been an absolute honor for me, pun intended, however you want to take it, I will hand it off to George <laughs> so he can uh, ask his questions now. So, Kennedy, I thank you so much for, for giving me the time to to interview you, and I appreciate it highly. Sounds good. No problem. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know why I host anymore. <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> like quitting and just calling this the Christina show now. <laughs> uh, Christina, would you mind? I'm just going to throw in the white flag. This is, could be your show. I'm done. <laughs> you, how can I talk sure. that? <laughs> I mean, you can try. That's it, you know, <laughs> just like we were just talking about with Kennedy. You just got to push yourself to be better. Yeah. Holy maybe. cow. Okay, well, here goes nothing. So, basically, uh, Ms. Brink, again, uh, thank you very much for coming, you know, on the show, practically almost in a way like a return home for you. Uh, you know, so thank you very much. It really means a lot that you come on here. Uh, so, first and foremost, <clears throat> I want to ask uh, this very, very important question because I know we, you've been talking a lot about the whole fan stuff and, and how you started to be a fan at the age of 18, very young, and how basically you were the, th- that one wrestling fan in school that would wear you know, the Undertaker T-shirts, and, and I even heard that you had an Undertaker picture in your locker, you know, things of that nature. Um, long story short, I have to ask, Ms. Brink, if the Kennedy Brink of 2017 can go back in time and meet the 18-year-old young girl who is, is so passionate for this business, that was loving this business ever since she first looked at it, what would she tell that young girl saying, hey, 
look who you're going to become in a couple of years. What would you What would you say to your younger self now? That's a that's awesome. I think about it um, a lot, actually, and I you know it's hard to you don't, you can't change your your path or your story because then you might not end up who you would be today, right? Um, but yeah. the girl that the girl that was then just I mean I I'm I'm better now. I can't tell you that I'm over it completely. The girl then just loved wrestling so much, but didn't love herself, you know. Um, and mm-hmm. so I would just try to tell her that it will get better. That because I always knew there was life beyond where I was at. Because I just remember you know, it's stupid, but like waiting at the uh, waiting for the bus, right? And the bus it's horrible. Riding the bus in the morning to high school is horrible. Right? <laughs> <This is the laughs> tell me about it. Um, but it's cold, you know, in the winters in Maryland, and I just remember, and I'm stupid, right? But I'm listening to like Creed and this like Desire video music, you know, like things like that, and I'm just like, there's there's like there's life beyond this right now. There's I know I'm going to to get different places and do things that I've wanted, and I remember going on trips with my family and doing things like that, and be like, wow, I can't wait until I'm traveling and staying at a hotel because of wrestling. And, you know, these things have happened. Have I have I made it to a level that I want to yet? No, but, you know, I'm, I'm making progress there, and I'm stepping forward continuously in the right direction, especially in the past two years that I've gone to Team 3D. And I would mm-hmm. just tell myself that, you know, there's the road is, is long, but you will never have to ask yourself what if. That's what I would say. Wow, and uh, and for someone who practically, uh, you know, suffers from also the same things like insecurities, uh, uh, kind of like oh my god, doubt, uh, saying, "Hey, am I ever good enough?" Or even depression, you know, it, 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 it you and I have have similar roads, except, you know, me in the journalist world, which I know you, like you said, you wanted to start in the writing uh, when it comes to professional wrestling, then you turned into wrestler, uh, and so did you. You had, you know, practically the same wars mentally like like I did, uh, like I do technically. So I want and to me, journalism for professional wrestling you know, saved my life in so many ways because I had such a horrible life before wrestling, so, uh, you know, and, and or should I say before journalism. Uh, so I want to ask you in this case, with all the stuff that you and I battled, did wrestling save your life as well, Ms. Brink? If I didn't have wrestling, I don't know if I ever would have had the motivation or determination to do something about the problems that I was having or to lose the weight because whenever I wanted to quit or whenever I thought that I couldn't, I always had wrestling on the back of my head or, you know, I have, I have a show coming up. I better, you know, I better cut out this certain horrible food or I better watch my diet a little more this week because I know that I have something coming up or this and that. So it's always kept me in line. Um, for things, and if I didn't have that, then I'm not sure if I would have done it for myself, which I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I don't know if I would have just said that's the only the only reason is because I want to be healthy. 
or I want to be in it. Like, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe today there's more of a reason because I want to do this for me and be and and like how I look and feel confident and, and be stronger and be more of an athlete for me. But initially this was all for wrestling, and that's what got me got me motivated to, to do something rather than do nothing. No, and that, and that's some great motivation there too, because like I like how you said, if it wasn't for wrestling, you wouldn't have had, found that passion to to lose the weight, to to look as good as you do now, you know, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and to get the all, all the strength and the passion and, and et cetera that came with your wrestling career as a whole, Ms. Brink. So I want to ask now this, like with you evolving into who you are today, obviously the business has evolved too. Uh, it's gone from you know very very serious to now family oriented to you know to realism like almost realistic like when you watch tv today like how do you feel kennedy brink has evolved with the evolving business as well well i had the i did a podcast recently a video interview with uh, jake manning a few months ago and we were talking about you know I was like, you know, it's kind of discouraging when I see a lot of girls now, they're, like, for, for me, great for them, but they're less than maybe a year or two in, and they're, like, being flown places, and they're doing great, which is, like I said, great for them, good for them. But, you know, seven yeah. years ago, when I started, you know, I there's no way. There's no way that would have happened. And he's like, well, you do realize that that might not just be you, that that's a thing where the wrestling industry has evolved and changed because seven years ago, he said there was no women's wrestling revolution. That women's wrestling wasn't hot. Women's wrestling wasn't a thing that really drew a lot of money or what they, people consider to be drawn money. So that you were fighting, you know, a losing battle still at the time. And I'm like, you know, that is pretty accurate. It was kind of, you know, mind um, opening. So, you know, as I've gotten more confident in myself, as I've gotten more confident in my in-ring ability, the industry has turned more so that women's wrestling can make money and women's wrestling can be a top thing. Um, and like I said with that Bailey and Charlotte match, and to have people so invested in their characters and so invested in that story and be so loving to that character and, and hating Charlotte so much is just so great to me. Like I said, I had goosebumps and it was just another one of those, you know, if it may be even to the point of topping Christian Lee at this point, you know, so yeah, it's, you know, so it's just, it's, it's moving in a great direction. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's going to stay there and it's not going to be, you know, people say wrestling itself goes in hills and valleys, peaks and valleys, goes up and down. I hope women's wrestling isn't going to be going down anytime soon. I he, I just hope it keeps going up and up because I know I'm going up and up. So. Well, I have to vouch on that one. Yes, you're definitely moving up and up. Uh, and, you know, you're evolving alongside with it. And also women's wrestling is evolving, you know, to finally be known as equal to the business, you know. I, and I'm so proud of each and every one of you women for, you know, paving such a great revolution in this situation, you know, because back then you guys were looked at as divas, per se, like uh, the bikini models and, and so on and so forth. And, and now you guys are not just looked at, at the bikini models, but you guys are looked at as superior athletes, like equal athletes, and that's fantastic. I'm very proud of you, for you guys. 
So I have to also ask you this, you know, uh, as far as professional wrestling, finally investing in women's wrestling, uh, you know, they're also investing a lot into women versus men in intergender matches. Has that ever crossed your mind as far as your career as well, Mrs. Brink? Has that ever said, hey, I want to do this one day as well? Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, if, if the opportunity's there and the money's there and to have fun and, and do a match and things like that, I, I wouldn't mind at all. But, you know, I, and, you know, because I do it in, in training all the time anyway, but at the same time, I would prefer, you know, for my my most of my work to be with women because I, I feel maybe that, you know, it can be masked. Your talent can be masked or you can be hidden. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like some... Some people can go out there. Some women maybe will go out there and work work guys, but then they they'll look so much better because the, the guy is the one that's doing the majority of the work as if, as far as strength and it's such it's such a different story um, to be working with a girl and and where you, what you're capable of when you're working with a guy. It's just it's just a, it's a different it's a different ball game. So would I mind doing it? I, I wouldn't mind, but I'd prefer to work at, work, work women um, as much as I can. No, and and by all means, that's great. And and I'm gonna ask you just uh, now that we're on that topic. Before I ask the next question, uh, just randomly, now that we're only on the topic of intergender, you know, if there was that one guy that would be your first match against a male, who would it be? Uh, Jonathan Cruz. <laughs> from Team 3D. Oh He's my our God! <laughs> oh, John Cruz is definitely having an issue with women lately. I know he has an issue with Lacey Lane, Amy Rose, and now you. <laughs> it's like, good lord! <laughs> you know, he, uh, Come on, around, Mr. Cruz. No, I, I, let me, Mr. Cruz actually is a future guest on this show. I, I'm going to ask him when he comes on, hey, what's, what's your issue with women, man? <laughs> Apparently every <laughs> single woman in this business wants to kick his ass. <laughs> so. Yeah, just, just so, said he's that darn good. <laughs> good Lord. So I, my final question to ask you is this, uh, Ms. Brink. You know, again, you work for now one of the best companies in the world uh, where all the best athletes go, uh, you know, ring of honor. Uh, you're part of a, an honorable di- uh, division, the women of honor, that's growing every, uh, every single day uh, with Faye, the Faye Jacksons, the Sumi Sakai's, the, the you, uh, Kelly Klein, Mandy Leon, the list goes on and on. So now, I have to ask, now that you're part of Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor is a global phenomenon, uh, what's your goals as far as, like, wrestling internationally? Have you uh, thought about, hey, I want one day to go to Japan or one day to go to Mexico? You know, has has that ever crossed your mind? A hundred percent. I want to go as many places as I can. Um, and Japan's definitely on top of the list. Uh, England on top of the list. Um, and as far as my goals in Ring of Honor, you know, that's another place I never thought I'd be because in 2011, 2000, or probably 2013, rather, um, you know, I started on Ring Crew with them in Baltimore at Dew Burns Arena. And just, or just being, uh, I was an extra in, in a segment with Kevin Steen and Davey Richards 
um, with when they were doing a press conference, you know. Um, and that was that was huge for me then. And now to be there years later, um, after going to places like like Canada with them for Ring Crew and hours on the road with them for Ring Crew and and things like that, to now be there and performing is is so cool. And to have the respect from guys like Adam Cole and Jay Lethal and the Briscoes, like it's just it's so cool that everyone acknowledges me and knows who I am and has that respect for me. Um, and so to be part of that is is an honor, uh, pun intended, in in itself. So now to be there and part of their women's division that didn't even exist a few years ago is insanely incredible. And I just I want to make it as legitimate as possible because Ring of Honor is the best wrestling on the planet, um, as they as they say. And so I just I want to bring more credibility to that as much as I can and. To be uh, to be a well-known, established star there, I want people to say, see Ring of Honor or see Women of Honor and think think of my name. Hmm. Well, let me let me say for the for if I could steal one of your words, uh, you're definitely leaving an exclamation mark on this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, my God, I don't even know what to come back with here. So, oh, I, I have actually one more question here. Yeah, earlier, I'm going to piggyback off of a conversation that you were having with Miss Christina here. Uh, sorry, Christina, the lollipop queen. Uh, the lollipop queen, Christina, um, that you were talking about a journey, a long journey, and that you've traveled, you know, from Maryland to Florida. You know, if there's one story that just comes to your mind as far as, like, the cities that you've you've wrestled, whether it's with ROH, MCW, you know, uh, or local companies here in Florida. Was that one city that you would say, oh, my God, this crowd was phenomenal? Like, it's one of those crowds that you could not just forget. Um, well, to be I really enjoyed, um, I went to, it's pretty recent, um, it's a small little show, um, uh, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, Roar, it's Roar is pretty new. It's an all-women's show. It's part of Atlanta um, Wrestling Entertainment. And, you know, it's a small little place. It's a little bar. And it's just probably 50, 100 people tops. But there's no guardrails. And just went in there. And it was a triple threat match. And just went out there and, and had fun. And had fun and yelled at them. And they yelled at me. And they just were so invested. Again, that emotional investment. And... It was just awesome. And, you know, South Carolina is really fun, too. I did a huge trip back uh, a few years ago with the, the whole MCW crew. That was fun. We'd have, like, 15 or 20 of us in multiple cars just go down there and, and have fun. And, you know, that's what it's all about is making memories for, for us but also for the fans. That's amazing. And, and do you enjoy doing heel more than face, or face more than heel, or just you're you're neutral ground when it comes to that? I can I can do either. I'm I'm confident in either uh, at this point. Thankfully, I, for a long time I was just confident in doing uh, heel, but now um, I can go either side of the coin coin with my training now that I've gathered from Team 3D. Um, but uh, more so than not, I am I am heel. Most people book me as heel. 
Awesome. All right. So basically, Ms. Brink, uh, you know, our time with the interview is, has come to a close, but uh, to inspire others that are listening, because I am getting a lot of messages on Facebook uh, saying this has truly been a very inspiring, uh, you know, to listen to. So you're inspiring others here. I, I'm going to tell you that right now, Ms. Brink. So if you had something to tell people, like even me in this situation, because like I told you earlier, I opened up my book to you and said, hey, I suffer from insecurities, depression, you know, self-doubt, et cetera. If there's one thing that you could tell others that suffer from, you know, situations, uh, you know, if you could motivate others per se, what would you tell them right now? Sure. I'll open up my head, my, my basket case head, and tell you about what things I think about scare me to help motivate me. Think about how tiny we all really are in the big scheme of things. Like, think about there's the Earth and then there's the universe and then there's... Now they, they find multiple planets and universes beyond the beyond. How tiny we all are and how in one second, if the sun or the orbits or anything decided that, hey, we just, we're not feeling it anymore, it can all be over in just in just seconds. And... We only have so many days above ground. And then I, I'm not sure what other people, what people believe. I Sometimes I don't even know what I believe. But I, you know, I, I'm pretty religious and I believe in God, but it's still a scary thought that one day, again, it'll all be over. So don't stress over the little things as much, you know. And if you want something, if you truly feel like you want something out of life and you really feel like it's good for you, listen to your gut instinct. And do as much as you can to go for it and reach out for it. And don't ever let yourself question what if, because in one, in one month turns two, and two months turns into three, three to six, six a year, and before you know it, it's five, ten years. You're looking back and you're wondering, man, it would have been cool if I went for that. Too bad I didn't. And you'll never really know. But hell, if you do go for it, at least you knew and said, hey, man, I, I didn't get to where I wanted or I didn't get – what I thought I originally wanted, but God, I fought as hard as I could, and I, I gave everything I could, and hey, if it wasn't in the stars, it wasn't in the stars, but look what all I did get from, and I had all these cool moments, and all these cool stories, and all these things that I did, and all these cool persons, people that I met, and things that I saw, but, you know, if you never go for anything, and you just completely complacent and you're okay with living a mediocre life of getting your car and going to your job just to pay for the car and the places that you slept at, you know, you might just find yourself in a in a circle of, of doing nothing in your life. And I just I never wanted that. I never I never wanted to be complacent or live a life that I just was I, I don't wanna hate my job. I don't wanna wake up and be like, God, I hate going to place I can't stand it I just I want to be happy you know and I think a lot of people need to should or try to be happy um, and go for things and don't be afraid to fail because even failing just in the, again look at that big picture be like what really is failing because the likelihood of me actually being here right now anyway isn't very high so but I'm here anyway so that was well, a few things, I, I, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> you know how they say in pro wrestling, like, hey, I want to see the next match top that. I, I don't know what I could do to top what you just said. <laughs> so, um, 
I guess we'll just leave a period there or an exclamation point in, in your case and just call it a day. <laughs> so with that, Ms. Britt. <laughs> Ms. Brink, I do thank you very much for that. But before you go, let's do some plugs for you. Where can fans follow you on social media, Twitter? I know Instagram's a thing now. Uh, you know, Facebook, if you have a fan page. How can bookers get a hold of you for any kind of booking inquiries? And where can the fans catch you next live? Sure. Um, Twitter and Instagram, that's going to be Lady, L-A-D-Y-K-B-R-I-N-K. That's Lady K. Brink for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, for Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Kennedy, K-E-N-N-A-D-I-B-R-I-N-K. Um, I think I have like 5,000 friends at this point, but you can always follow and see my posts. Um, if you want to email me, reach out to me for photos, for 8x10s, for T-shirts. I have them all. Or if you want to book me for anything, uh, podcasts for for shows, you can do that at kennedybrink at gmail.com. That's K-E-N-N-A-D-I-B-R-I-N-K at gmail.com. My next show will be March 6th, going back to Roar, Atlanta. Um, it's a Monday, but I'm expecting all those uh, crazy people to be out there. And I will be uh, wrestling Aspen Rose. Um, the Mermaid, trained by Mr. Jay Lethal. Look forward to bringing another Brink beat down. That will be interesting, uh, beating down a mermaid. Uh, um, uh, Lollipop Queen, Christina, do you have any last words for Mrs. Brink before she goes? I mean, nothing that I've really already said before, having it being an absolute honor. Uh, just to be able to interview another woman of honor. This would be my third one in the past few weeks, and I honestly can't wait for more. Uh, I can't wait to honestly personally meet you one day, Miss Frank, to be able to tell you in person how much it does mean to me. So I thank you. No problem. Sure, we will meet in person sometime soon. All right, and Ms. Brink, if you could do me a quick favor, can you record a drop for us? Sure, absolutely. All right, so basically, um, give me one second. Let me prepare the recorder here. Uh, if you can just could do whatever you like, you can say whatever you like. Uh, just basically say keep on listening to uh, Russell City Radio and uh, uh, give me one second. Okay. All right. In quiet on the set. In three, two, one, go for it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, this is Kennedy Brinks, the Jezebel your mama warned you about, and the exclamation point of women's wrestling. Keep listening to Wrestle City Radio. Got it. Thank you so very much, Ms. Brink. I hope you have a great night. Thanks again for coming on. No problem. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that was Miss Kennedy Brink. What a phenomenal young lady she is. Uh, I've known her for many, many years when she first actually started in the wrestling business, uh, known under a different name. I'm not going to say it now because I don't think she, she, you know, she wants to touch base on that. But, but basically, guys, that was, if I have to say one word to describe that interview, was inspiring. Uh, Christina, I, I feel like you're left speechless when it comes to this interview. What, what do you have to say? Well, first of all, a few things make me speechless. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely inspiring, as, uh, you know, you pointed out, of you suffering from, uh, in, uh, like, depression and, and things like that. I do suffer from anxiety as well. 
Um, I've never been ashamed or hidden uh, that fact from anybody. Uh, but to be able to, you know, hear her advice on, on how to deal with that sort of stuff on a personal basis, it definitely really is inspiring to, you know, not only me, but also our listeners who may be suffering from the same thing. Yeah, but, my God, I, like, I'm speechless. Like, I, I know a few things make you speechless, but I'm completely speechless. I have no idea how I could top this. <laughs> I have zero idea. And on top of that, you put up a great performance. Uh, mind you, again, many, many messages, you know, uh, coming in, uh, especially from our co-workers and our supporters, uh, you know, at Legion's Media, at Speedy's Productions, uh, you know, and the list goes on, saying how good you are. So, Christina, I'm going to say live on the air, great job on that interview. Thank you to you and all of the listeners that are, you know, messaging you and and telling you uh, how good of a job I'm doing. Uh, it definitely is very humbling. It is hard to, you know, step back and actually see and actually appreciate, and, you know, think of how good of a job I am doing because just like I was telling uh, with Kennedy that I am my own worst critic and, you know, I always try to pinpoint the things that I feel like I did wrong or could do differently, but, you know, to be able to hear the support from, you know, not only our fans and listeners, but, you know, our fellow coworkers and people that I see on a day-to-day basis, it's, it definitely really means a lot. So, you know, if anyone's listening, I I thank you. Well, let me say for the record, you know, it, you and I, Christina, have similar paths in, in a way because never did I say to myself, hey, because when my wrestling career was over, I was saying, oh, you know what, I'm done, you know, just like anyone else because when you get that note from the doctor saying, hey, you can't do this no more, that's it. You're like, God. My world has just come to an end. And then from one day to the next, I'm recruited on a radio show known as The Roman Show as a host, and here I am, you know, interviewing people, and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm back. I'm actually doing this. It's kind of like in Kennedy Brink's situation, you know, where she was that young girl in middle school, you know, wearing the Undertaker T-shirts, you know, and all of a sudden she just got this passion for wrestling and decided, hey, I'm going to do that. Same thing for you. You know, you started off as a fan and then all of a sudden came on Jim Varsalone, that's a role model to us all here on Wrestle City and on the Roman show and Legion's Media, et cetera. You know, and here's Jim Varsalone recruiting you to do something, and then out of the blue comes me saying, hey, I want you as a host, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm actually doing this. It's kind of like we all three just connected all at the same time. Oh, I mean, I Would you have to agree? agree. Oh, I completely agree. No, go ahead. I mean, it's definitely been uh, a whirlwind past a few months for me. You know, everything kind of just happened really out of the blue and very quickly, you know, one thing I know, I'm at, you know, a Ring of Honor show, the one that I first saw Kennedy Brink at, and, you know, Jim Barcelona just approached me and thought it was interesting that, you know, I was not only a fan, but, you know, a passionate female fan, and he thought that was a very interesting uh, perspective and, you know, wanted to see if I would be up to, to writing, and, you know, I had some previous writing experience and stuff with, uh, with some fanzines that I still am thankfully a part of, the Defend World Order, which we are uh, an all-female wrestling girl group that tries to put out um, a zine once every few months, just, you know, a bunch of women just talking about their passion and love for the business. And, 
you know, and then, you know, I meet Jim, I write an article for the Herald, it gets really good receptions, I'm doing interviews and stuff with him, you know, him kind of taking me under his wing, which I am thankful for, and I tell him that every single time that I see him and, you know, hear from him, that I would literally be nothing without him, and, you know, through the interviews and stuff that I've done with him, that's how I met you, that's how I met Roman, uh, and then, you know, it kind of just turned into this, it's definitely been a roller coaster for the past few months, but, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way, and I'm entirely excited to see what the future is going to bring. Well, if you don't, if if I could speak for you, for with your permission, Your Highness, because you are the lollipop queen, I have to say, if we were on a roller coaster right now, we're on one of those situations where the roller coaster is just going straight up. It's not going down like, you know, the, the climax of going down where the most fun is, but it's just for hypothetically speaking, we're just going way up. And by the time we, we go down, I think it's going to be one hell of a drop, and I'm scared of heights. So, yeah, I might be having to headlock someone on the way down. I feel like either Raymond, because I know you'll probably be sitting next to Millie Cruz, and I don't know how you two do with heights, but I'll probably be, like, killing Raymond on the way down here, if you don't mind picturing that. <laughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. So, uh, guys, before we get to uh, Red Titus uh, here, I'm going to go ahead and, and talk about our next topic, which is also kind of going crazy on social media. Today it was just announced that our next Hall of Fame inductee, finally we get our female inductee, Beth Phoenix is our next inductee into the Hall of Fame. You know, a lot of people are very uptight on this situation because they say that China should have been the next Hall of Fame inductee uh, when it comes to the situation, uh, being that a lot of people are even saying that China was first, Beth Phoenix was second, you know, but look, I'm not a sour grape of this situation. Uh, I'm going to remain it, uh, professional. I believe that, yes, China does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, bar none. You know, I'm not going to question that. I'm not going to put it into question. I'm not even going to say no, she, but I'm going to tell you this now. Both China and Beth Phoenix, okay, whether it be one or two, they both equally deserve the Hall of Fame induction, okay, because they both set up a revolution for women in this world of professional wrestling. Yes, China was the first. And Beth Phoenix was the second. But if you're really looking at it that way, then China wasn't first. Nicole Bass was. So why is no one defending Nicole Bass? So that's why I'm saying, don't look at it as first and second. Just look at it and appreciate that these two women, okay, are even being considered. That even Beth Phoenix was being considered. Okay, because to me, I'll be more mad if China never got inducted than that Phoenix being inducted before China is what I'm trying to say. So in my opinion, congratulations to Beth Phoenix, the, the wife of uh, Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge. Uh, congratulations on the induction. Uh, Christina, what was your thoughts on this situation? I mean, I do understand where a lot of fans are coming from with the, the bitterness of China not being inducted uh, before Beth Phoenix. I understand it. I think they're a little bit more upset just based on the reasonings why and the personal politics behind the reasoning why China may not be inducted before Beth. But also at the same token, you can't deny what Beth Phoenix did for, you know, the Divas division or the women's division as a whole. You know, her along with Natalia really 
set the bar up high during a time in women's wrestling where, you know, every, a lot of the women were just, you know, bikini models or pageant queens that really didn't have any mm-hmm. uh, prior wrestling experience. And, you know, her alongside with Natalia really, uh, you know, kind of uh, broke the mold in that. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, I understand the, the bitterness and the distaste for, you know, Beth being in. But at the end of the day, you really, you know, she did a lot for the business. You can't deny that. She was the Glamazon. She was, you know, she was a powerhouse. And, you know, I think people, because of the whole China thing, are really overlooking the fact that Beth Phoenix really does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Regardless if they think it should have been now or they think it should be after China, regardless, like, she deserves to be where she is. And I think we need to put our personal feelings aside about the whole China situation and really just appreciate Beth Phoenix for what she has done for the business. And I'm glad that you say that. So, personally, again, uh, Russell City Radio wants to go out and say congratulations to Beth Phoenix for this induction into the 2017 class uh, of the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, And hopefully, I'm not saying, you know, A, China doesn't, because she definitely does, 110%, does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But hopefully, hopefully, sometime in the near future, whether it be next year or the following, she will be and uh, will be waiting because I do think she deserves the Hall of Fame induction. Now, guys, before we get to Red Titus, I do want to go ahead and uh, bring on our fellow partner from Legions Media. Uh, she was a former host here on the show, and, of course, she's back, and I want to bring her on just to discuss her adventures coming up with our lollipop queen at, you know, New York. So let's go ahead and bring on the one and the only, the pretty much the sin of all ages, Layla Sin, a.k.a. Miss Millie Cruz. How are you, Miss Cruz? What's going on, everyone? I am wonderful, actually. I am driving as I speak on my way to a big, fantastic Fiesta a little bit later that everyone will be attending for a dear friend of ours. Um, Mr. Darby Crash birthday today, so um, definitely getting ready for that one. So it's gonna be fun. Uh, Christina, are you, uh, did you did you do the special treats? I am in the process of finishing them right now. Actually, I have one complete in the working, but they will be done uh, in time for the party for the show. And I'm really excited to see yeah. what you guys think. Oh, it's going to be awesome because it's always awesome because it's Christina. Hello. Let's be real. But anyway, like George said, I am here to just say Thursday is going to be one of the first steps for Legion's Media slash Russell City Radio. Um, me and Christina live Thursday morning for New York City. As you guys will have one of the guests that we'll be actually able to meet Friday, March 3rd for BCW's one-year anniversary, Mr. Rhett Titus. Um, so it's honestly going to be super, super awesome. Then we have the big event Saturday and Sunday, unfortunately, guys, womp, womp, womp. Like, like, super womp, we leave. But we're back on the road again that following weekend for Real Pro Wrestling, March 11th. So, you know, it's, um, Legions is definitely... Um, we're not putting much out, as you guys know, at Russell City, um, because we rather just let our actions speak louder than our words. And, you know, uh, and we are very honored to um, have all the affiliations and 
even have me and Christina travel as we are. Well, if if I don't if I you don't mind me interrupting you here real quick, but Raymond wanted me to uh, let you guys know that you're also going to be in the company of the cue card guy, Raymond Sanchez, or how he likes to call himself the Law. Uh, but but basically, uh, aside from that. First thing that when I was introducing you, Mr. Raymond Sanchez all of a sudden decides to send me a uh, GIF photo of Daniel Bryan saying yes, yes, yes. So uh, yeah, just add, just adding more, you know, energy to to already two energetic gals is not a good idea, Raymond. <laughs> so and on top of that, oh, you, awesome. you're gonna deal with them all weekend. So you're gonna see what I deal with on a daily basis down here. Now. Also, Ms. Cruz, I, I want to tell you something real quick before you go. I know you're very busy, and, and I want you to get there safely to the, to the party festivities that I'll also be taking part of. But I want to tell you one thing real quick. Um, you know, the snacks that, uh, that Mrs. Uh, Christine over here is ma I'm sorry, the lollipop queen, is making, uh, you might not have to hurt me because I think the snacks are going to kill me. You guys are going to put me in a diabetic coma tonight. <laughs> Christina, we could take over the radio like we planned. <laughs> Maybe it was all according to plan. <laughs> Good Lord, oh, I yeah. hate you both. But I am so excited to join forces with BCW, with, with, with Mr. Peter Rizzato, with Mike Cole. Um, God, it, Christina, you are going to meet some of the awesome guys that I've had the honor um, training with at BWS, um, as in Caveman. Um, I do know uh, Eric Young, so um, Mr. General uh, George Romero. It, it's just you are going to see why I love New York City so much. And honestly, if Legions wasn't going where it was going, I actually would have moved back like my original plan was, um, due to certain circumstances as well. Um, that's also the reason why I'm not moving back to New York. But overall, my relationship with my radio sister, my wrestling sister, Miss Christina, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're, we are just blooming as a family um, and even as companies, from Wrestle City Radio to Legion Media. Um, I've had the honors to know that actually workers do respect what Russell, sorry, Russell City and Legions is doing. So, you know, and that's coming from an actual worker's mouth. And it's not coming from, you know, a, a fan or something like that. So it, it, it gives you more of a, of a deeper meaning and a deeper depth. And even me and Christina yeah. being women in the industry, we will get some type of heat, and that's okay. Because if we're getting heat, that means I'm doing something right. Uh, you know, if something heat, that means that you're hating on me as to what I'm doing as a woman. So, you know, any, any heat is welcome because, you know what, I'm a strong woman, Miss Christina is a strong woman, and you have nothing, you and Mr. Gray, which we also like to call him Grayson, have nothing but the best on both of your teams, and me and Christina yep. will definitely prove to the industry as working women and business owners and as me as a future worker, that we can do it all, and it's going to be done by all. As you guys, I loved the first segment. I couldn't help it, but, like, almost kind of bust into tears. Because Candace kind of, I fell in love with wrestling just like Candace did, just scrolling through the channels, and, like, I saw The Rock cutting a promo, and I was like, one, I was like, okay, this guy's hot. But overall, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. 
what am I watching? What am I getting myself into? And I just progressed from yeah. there because I am honestly the only person in my family who watches wrestling. My mom was actually in the car when I was listening to you guys a little bit earlier. She's like, how are you listening to this? This is boring. I was like, Mom, shush. You don't know anything <laughs> about wrestling. You will never know the love wow. of a fucking soup like soup smelling witch <laughs> and a super kick coming to the face. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I, I really love everything that we're doing. Well, we love you as well, Millie. So, I, and I, I know I could speak for the queen on that one. But, Millie, I'm going to have to put you on hold. Thank you so very much for calling because now we have our new guest on the, on the line. So, let's go ahead and, and mute you. But thank you again, Millie, for, for calling in, okay? Uh, of course, always. All right. So, guys, it's now time to introduce. Oh, I, I need to ask him for advice because he's like the king of romance or the king of love, for, per se. So I have to definitely ask him for some advice on this one. Let's go ahead and introduce. Welcome to Wrestle City Radio. You're on with George and the Lollipop Queen, Christina. Is this Mr. Red Titus? Oh, hell yeah. It's the big dog, Red Titus. What's going on, guys? How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, good, good, Mr. Titus. Good, good. How are you tonight, sir? Oh, I'm feeling quite good. About to go to the gym, get my pump on real quick in a little bit, so I'm going to be feeling a whole lot better. Oh, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Well, Mr. Titus, first and foremost, let me go ahead, and I, I could probably speak uh, for the queen on this one. Uh, thank you so very much for coming on the show. I, like you said, you're very busy. You're, you're about to go train. Uh, I know you're on a limited schedule, so thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's our pleasure. So before we start, let's go ahead and plug up something real quick. Uh, you know, thanks to Mr. Peter Rosado of, of course, Bree Championship Wrestling uh, at New York, BCW. You will be appearing at the one-year anniversary this coming Friday. Uh, is there anything that the, the fans can be expecting out of you uh, coming this Friday? Oh, well, you know, the fans can expect the big dog is going to be in the building. Right there at the Elks Lodge in Queens, New York. You know, Friday night. I, I'm looking at the party there. So uh, I got Eric Jaden going up against me. And he don't want it with the big dog. Hell no. He's going to get his ass beat right there in Queens in front of everybody. Well, you know what they say, if you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And I know you've wrestled in New York a couple times uh, to say, and obviously the New York crowd loves you. So I have to ask you now, what do you think of the New York crowd yourself? Uh, you know, I, uh, New York's always been good to me. You know, it's a great city, love going there, you know, especially, especially during Christmas time. You know, something about that song, you know, city sidewalks. Busy sidewalks, <laughs> dressed in holiday style. I, I love New York in the Christmas time, but you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to New York this weekend. Oh, that's awesome, man. I, I, I'm glad. That, you know, for some reason, you know, I was expecting you to say uh, the the song of New York, the, the one from Gremlins. <laughs> nah, nah, not that I, one. I'm, I'm a big Christmas guy. <laughs> Ah, not nice. So basically, let's go ahead and start talking about, of course, your wrestling career, uh, Mr. Titus, and then, of course, we'll do some more plugs for BCW this coming Friday. Uh, Mr. Cool. Mr. Titus, 
of course, you starting at the ROH Dojo, you know, two people that you credit uh, for helping you train in this business is, of course, uh, two WWE superstars now, which is in Austin Aries, which, of course, he's going to be debuting at 205 Live soon. And then, of course, uh, Daniel Bryan, back then known as Bryan Danielson. Uh, both completely two different styles in this business. Uh, Danielson, more of the uh, technical you know, side, and of course, Austin Aries, very round about, you know, kind of style, very high-flying, very technical. How do you have to say when it, when you train with these two guys? Were you at all intimidated? Uh, I mean, of course, you know, anybody's going to be intimidated when they go to wrestling school, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, back then, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're cool dudes, you know. They, they taught me a lot, both of them. You know, Austin Aries, like, pretty much taught me everything from A to B. And, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan was more of, like, a, an advanced class, you know. So he would, he would teach you different holes and stuff like that and a lot of, like, more advanced stuff and that sort of thing. But I learned a lot from the both. It was very, very good time there. And, you know, you can't really be uh, intimidated or anything like that because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just regular people, you know, just regular people like me and you, so... You know, no, no, no need to be intimidated. But I was like 17 years old, so you know, maybe I was a little intimidated. You talking now, so <laughs> maybe, maybe I was a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't deny it. Uh, like I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I trained with Mr. Rusty Brooks when I first came in, and I trained for a couple months. And the first thing that he tells me that when I finally passed class, he says. Your first gimmick, uh, George, is you're going to be the butler to Mr. Ryan O'Reilly, a.k.a. Connor of the WWE. And I'm like, Mr. Brooks, I'm just a skinny kid. How are you expecting me to be a butler and then turn my back on him like a Virgil situation <laughs> to a guy that's double my size? <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to react to that. I, I, thank God it never went through, but... You know, when it, when it came to the beginning of your career, Mr. Titus, did you ever go through a similar situation like that where you're like, hey, how about we work you with this kind of, you know, character? And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Uh, no, not really. Like, for instance, like, uh, I never really had a character for, you know, my first few months of wrestling. Uh, and then one day... You know, I was just coming out. We used to do all the dark matches for Ring of Honor, all the pre-show matches. And, like, they always used to, like, to play jokes on us. So, like, Adam Pierce would, like, do the ring announcement. And, like, one day he just announced into the ring as the sexiest man alive, Brett Titus. And I was just like, oh, uh, all right. You know, I guess I'll uh, just go with it, you know. And and from there, that kind of morphed into Addicted to Love, Brett Titus. And, you know, uh, that's that's kind of how I got my character was uh, all a big joke and, you know, I, I I never asked to be addicted to love. You know, it kind of just happened. You know. Did 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 you have to say that's when basically your your character uh, per se uh, kind of like escalated uh, more higher? Like after Adam Pierce said, "Oh, the sexiest man alive." Like, did that help your career in any way? Yeah, because then I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I'm the sexiest man alive, so I should start acting like it." So. You know, uh, you know, instead of instead of just being like a guy going out to the ring, you know, trying to wrestle and that sort of thing. Now is the now is the sexiest man alive going out to the ring and trying to wrestle, and it, and it made things a whole lot easier. 
Uh, so, it, like, you, of course, uh, to piggyback off something you said earlier, you said when you first started training, uh, you were at basically at 17 years old uh, when you first yep. walked into the training center. Uh, basically, you know, at 17 years old, Mr. Titus, you know, and I think I could speak for women and men in this situation, like one of the things that 17, 18, 19-year-olds are thinking during that time is, uh, I guess, parties, clubbing, you know, it, you know, obviously the whole nine yards and all that case, uh, and, of course, school. Like, how did you balance all of that together with professional wrestling? Uh, I mean... You know, it, it, wrestling was just, you know, my main priority, just that and my, my son at the time because I, I had a child at that time as well. So it was just, you know, those were my main priorities, and I was just helping on making it. And, you know, if I had to not sleep that night and, you know, get up and go to work in the morning, you know, so be it. Or if I had to do this or that, just to, whatever I had to do to get by, you know, I was focused and determined to uh, make it all work. And did you ever have any, you know, doubts uh, along the way? Because that was a very young age, man. Do you have doubts uh, going into that? I remember, like, one day, like, I had, like, we were learning shoulder tackles that day at training, and I remember I was just running into Bobby Dempsey, like, a million times, and just, you know, my head was just bouncing off the mat. And, uh, you know, I remember leaving the training center that day, and, and, you know, having to pull off the turnpike just to throw up. And, like, I was all messed up. And I was just like, man. And, like, I, like at that point in the moment, I was like, oh, man, I, I can't do this. You know, this is, this is crazy, you know. And I woke up in the morning, and I was like, oh, man, you, you know, you come this far. Why are you going to quit now, you know? Like, well, you know, you always wanted to do this. Why would you quit? So that was the only other time I really, like, you know, it was very early on, like when we first were learning, like shoulder tackles, because, you know, I was just kind of knocked a little stupid for a little bit, but, you know. I guess people have those yeah, moments. No, yeah, and and, and mind you, I, I remember him as my as now that you mention his name. Uh, <laughs> so, but I, as a matter of fact, I think he started off ring crew, uh, just like you know everyone else that goes through the ROH. Uh, I know Kennedy Brink, uh, our you know the guest that was on here before you. Uh, she mentioned how she started off at Ring Crew uh, before she started with ROH. Can you tell us uh, a little bit on how you began with also ROH? Can you tell us uh, uh, your story there? Uh, I mean, when I was training at the school, you know, uh, I was doing Ring Crew, and, you know, um, you know, one day Austin Aries was like, all right, you're ready for your first match. And I was like, all right. And, you know, it was on a – in Atlanta show in Dayton, Ohio. It was a dark match for Shane Hagedorn, and, uh, you know, I was very nervous beforehand, and I remember I remember uh, Les Thatcher was there that night. He must have been like, hey, kid, is this your, uh, this your first match? And I was like, uh, yes, sir. He's like, you're, you're nervous? And I was like, uh, yes, sir. He's like, good, you should be, because uh, have you ever stopped getting nervous before your matches? the time I got out of wrestling. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you, sir. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, it's still advice I, uh, you know, I think about all the time, too, because, you know, sometimes, you know, these days I still get nervous, you know, because, you know, people, uh, you know, you just want to do good out there, you know, at the end of the day. 
No, yeah, and everyone, like uh, Miss Kennedy Brink was mentioning that she is her own worst critic, per se, when she goes out there, you know. She's always saying, hey, I'm this, I'm that, and I, I can't blame that because everyone is their own worst critic, you know, as far as like, hey, did I do good? Hey, we need that kind of like second opinion of saying, hey, dude or gal, you did good, don't worry, you know, but that just comes with the program. Now, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but one of the situations that you also had <clears throat> going into the wrestling business is that you also had people that didn't really 100%, can I say that, uh, believe in you. Like one of the people that was uh, Gabe, uh, and he mentioned that he wasn't fully on the Red Titus bandwagon. And then after your match, I believe it was with Silas, he also said, oh, my God, you're amazing. <laughs> so tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Uh, you know, uh, basically, uh, I remember, uh, Gabe had come up to me at one point and, uh, it was like after a Philly show and a Ring of Honor Philly show and, you know, I had wrestled on the dark match and I thought I had a really good match and I was pretty happy with it. And he came up to me and he was like, uh, hey, Red, uh, you know, uh, maybe, uh, maybe you should just go try out for the WWE. And I was like, uh... Okay, and I wasn't really sure how to take it. Was it a compliment? Was it like, hey, you don't belong here? Something like that, you know? I was like, I didn't really know how to take it. I was a little upset, but, you know, I figured that, you know, I'll just keep working hard and, you know, something will happen. And then uh, then one night, you know, Adam Pierce, you know, his name pops up again. He, uh, his flight got canceled and they needed somebody to, uh, to fill in for him. And they're like, hey, uh, you know, what about Rhett? And Gabe was pretty reluctant to it, and uh, but he was like, ah, oh, all right, you know. And we went out there, and I remember he was the first person that I seen when I got through uh, the curtain, and he was like, that was awesome, you know. I remember like feeling really good because that was like the first time I ever remember him like being like that towards me. So I was like, it was really like uh, it was a really cool thing. And then uh, shortly after that, you know. Uh, Human Tornado was supposed to be in an angle, but, you know, he got, um, he got, he tore his ACL, so, you know, I kind of got thrown in there instead, and, uh, all kind of went on from there. That, that's freaking amazing. And, and my last question before I turn it over to Christina, because I know she's uh, itching to speak to, with you as well. Uh, basically, uh, you know, we, we keep on mentioning, like, these great names, the Daniel Bryans, the Austin Aries, uh, you know, the Adam Pierce, all guys now currently working for the Big E, the, the WWE. Do you still keep in contact with any of them? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I you know, talk to uh... – you know, it's every once in a while, and you know, whatever. You know, it's uh, it's not like an every week thing, but you know, every uh, few months we catch up and that whole sort of thing. You know, same thing with with Pierce. You know, uh, email or a text or something. You know, so you know, I try to keep keep in contact contact as much as you can. But you know, at the same time that you're busy, you know, they're ten times busier than you. You know, so they, you know, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, always trying to find time though, you know. WrestleMania weekend, people usually find time. That's usually a good time to see everybody. So, probably uh, in the next uh, month or so, see everybody. So that'd be cool. And I only can assume that they keep on offering you that friendly advice to because I like every person in the wrestling business obviously has that ultimate goal to be at WWE, uh, and now being probably the hottest time uh, for to be in the independence with WWE picking up almost everyone uh, is 
practically kind of like, oh, my God, this is now my time to shine. So do they continuously, like when those times that you do talk to them, do they continuously say, right, keep on doing this, keep on doing that? Do they, do they well, keep on helping you from long distance? You know, uh, the cool thing about Aries is he, uh, he, he once said to me, he's like, you know, I wasn't just your trainer just to, you know, just to train you, you know, I'm your trainer to – you know, help you out with other stuff too. You know, just as an end once you know wrestling school's over. You know, he's like, I'm always gonna be here for you. So, I was like, thanks, man. And you know, he always has been. You know, whenever I need advice, you know, even given with his schedule, you know, no matter how busy he is, you know, I'm always like shoot shoot me texts or call back whenever I need him. So, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, uh, it's good having friends like that. No, it is amazing, uh, and and I'm glad that you have that, uh, Mr. Titus. Seriously, so um, I'm pretty much done here. Uh, I'm now going to go ahead and turn it over to, uh, by contract, uh, say the lollipop queen, Christina. So, Christina, the the microphone is all yours. Well, first of all, obviously, as I do with every guest, I want to thank you, Titus, for you know coming on here and and giving us the time uh, and sitting down with us. But, uh, you know, like George was touching on about, you know, the people that did train you, like Austin Aries and Daniel Bryan, um, you know, what are some, like, key things that they have, like, told you throughout your training that you really still keep the heart and that you would love to, to pass on to people that you would be training or, you know, first starting out in the ring or their first day of training? You know, what is a piece of advice that you would give them that you would pass down to, you know, the likes of Daniel Bryan and Austin Aries? Um, I'll never forget Austin Aries uh, told us, like, on uh, one of the first days of training, like, oh, always shave your armpits, you know? <laughs> I know it might be, uh, sound silly to somebody, but, you know, if you're sitting in a headlock, you know, and this dude's got this big, sweaty, nasty, gross armpit, you know, you, you don't want to be sitting in a headlock, you don't want to be wrestling that guy, so he always told us, you know, oh, make sure you always shave your armpits. You know, that was one of the one of the big things that I uh, took, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, little things like that, you know, that some people might find just funny. But, you know, if you're if you're in wrestling, you know, you kind of get the gist of it and that sort of thing. Right, and that's usually something that probably not a lot of people would take into consideration is shaving their armpits for <laughs> that particular reason. I try to tell guys too. I, you know, I'm like, hey, this this doesn't come from me. This has come from Austin Aries. You know, you got this big buckwheat up in your armpit, man. You got to shave that. (laughs) You know, just you know, common courtesy from a professional, uh, you know, future Hall of Famer Austin Aries should take it to heart, kids. Yeah. But, uh, you know, coming up uh, in wrestling and going through training and stuff, obviously the one thing that is a a rite of passage for up-and-comers is the obvious ribbing. Uh, You know, did uh, Daniel Bryan, because I know Daniel Bryan is a jokester, has he pulled any any ribs on you? Oh, well, you know, there's there's this... uh, So I'd always be coming from going to training from work, so I'd always wind up being late, you know? It was, whether it be five minutes, ten minutes, you know, I would always be late, you know, always by a little bit. But I would always have to do extra squats and extra push-ups and extra drills and all that stuff, you know. Um, and then one day, you know, I got caught in traffic, you know. I was I was making good time, but I got caught in traffic. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do, you know. So 
I pull up to the school, like, practice started at 5 o'clock. I got up there at, like, 4.59, and I'm running up to the school, and I, I got dressed while I was in traffic and all my wrestling gear. So I was all ready to go, and I just ran up there, and I ran into the ring, you know. And I was like, oh, thank God I made it. Don't got to do extra now, you know. So, uh, and, you know, Brian comes in, he starts class, and he's like, where did this mud come from? And he's looking around at everybody, and, like, everybody just kind of, like, looks at me, and I look at the bottom of my boots, and I, like, brought mud in there. So I had to do a bunch of extra squats and extra push-ups and extra round the ropes anyway. So just another day, you know. Yeah, it's just like, you know, another rite of passage to be able to, to go through that, you know, the extra because of, you know, a tiny mistake that you weren't, you know, planning on happening. But, you know, the force of nature you can't deny. Yeah, and there's like another time where, like, you know, he used to do this thing uh, where, like, you know, we could take an exercise that we wanted to do, you know, and we and he'd come up with a number of how many exercises we do. So, you know, most people would be like, oh, push-ups or oh, squats or sit-ups. Or, and, you know, one day I, I, I thought I was being funny, you know. I was like, I was like, uh, jumping jacks, you know. And he's like, oh, you want to do jumping jacks, huh? All right. So we had to do 10 minutes of jumping jacks. It's like not in a, in a wrestling ring, too, you know, with a few guys in there. So you had to be all uh, in rhythm and stuff. It was, it was really, uh, really really tough. So now when you do jumping jacks and stuff at the gym, like getting your cardio in, do you get flashbacks? Uh, it was, it was, no, not really, but I was, I was just joking around trying to, you know, go with something easy so we didn't have to break our backs, you know. And, you know, kind of jumping ahead forward since, you know, we don't have too much time left, but, uh, you know, now with you being a, a part of Ring of Honor, which is such a, you know, prestigious company, like what does that mean to you? Like, when you step into the building, like, is it just gratitude all around just to be able to be a part of it? Yeah, you know, you're talking to somebody who uh, who was at the very first Ring of Honor show as a fan. So, you know, I I was always a fan of Ring of Honor growing up as a kid, like, in my, my teenage years. And, you know, as soon as I got the chance, you know, that's where I headed, you know. that's That was my my goal so it's you know it's definitely cool you know especially to be doing tv and pay-per-view and big you know concert arenas and hammerstein ballroom and that sort of stuff so it's always a, a good feeling being there and you know you coming from kind of a unique perspective of you know being able to be there for the very first ring of honor show and as a fan and now you know being a part of the company itself and you know seeing it evolve throughout the years you know, what is something that you want to see, you know, as the evolution continues, you know, birth with both with, you know, your personal career and uh, Ring of Honor as a whole? I mean, yeah, like the the improvements on everything have been crazy. Even even if you, I mean, forget about from the first show, but even if you look at from the first show that Sinclair Broadcasting took over and, you know, the, you know now we got this big, uh, big you know, video wall and all these different cameras and it's just a whole bigger production than it ever used to be and it's and it's always getting bigger too they're always trying to add something but i mean i think you know uh the next gradual step would be like adding another hour of tv or something maybe like a two-hour show or a live show every like a live tv show something like that you know that would be really cool you know um 
But yeah, you know, Ring of Honor is always, you know, on the cutting edge of all the other things. Maybe, maybe a a, a website on where it's kind of like a network or something like that, where they have all the library of matches and something like that. That'd be really cool, you know. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I think in due time, you know, that stuff will come to play because all that stuff's a lot more um, apparent in this day and age. And, you know, just like kind of we uh, spoke about uh, at the beginning of you coming on here, you know, you being a part of, you know, Great Combination Wrestling DCW's first anniversary show, which you will be on the card for. And uh, if you heard before uh, your interview that I will also be there along with my coworker Millie, we will be in attendance for that show. Uh, you know, what do you have to say uh, about, you know, being a part of the, you know, first anniversary show for BCW? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm honored to be there, honored to be a part of it. Uh, I hope to be back at the second and the third and the fourth anniversary show for BCW. I hope to be back maybe on a semi-regular basis for BCW. Uh, I know a lot of the guys on the show, and a lot of them are really good wrestlers. You know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, good matches on the show, a lot of upstart kids like uh, LSG and Mike Orlando and, you know, all these guys on the come up, you know, and then you got guys like Billy Gunn on the show too, you know. And, you know, I'm going to be wrestling Billy Gunn a few weeks. Uh, actually, the night before I get married, I'll be wrestling Billy Gunn. Um, so, and it's actually in my hometown too. So uh, that's going to be for SWF at uh, in Barnegat, New Jersey. So that should be pretty cool. But, you know, it's a... Uh, so it's a really cool place, you know. I'm excited to be there. The Elks Lodge, a lot of history there. Like I said, I love my fans in New York, so I'm excited to go back and see them too. So. Now, of course, the the night after the CW first anniversary show, it will be uh, Ring of Honor's Manhattan Mayhem on that Saturday, the night after. Uh, will we be expecting you in attendance at that show? Oh, the big dolls will be in the building. Don't you worry. Uh, and, you know, I'll be there with Kenny King, Caprice Coleman, you know, the Rebellion. You know, we're going to be taking it over, like we always do with New York City, Manhattan Mayhem. You know, I, I, I look back at some of the matches that we've had at Manhattan Mayhems over the year, you know. It was one of the first times we beat the Briscoe Brothers at Manhattan Mayhem, me and Kenny. So we got a lot of history at Manhattan Mayhem. And, you know, on Saturday night, we're about to tear some things up as well again. Awesome. I cannot wait. I will be in attendance for both BCW show and the Ring of Honor show as well. So I do look forward to, you know, meeting you in person to be able to tell you how much I appreciate you coming on to uh, mine and Georgia's show here and giving us the time to sit down and interview you. But obviously before you go, it is mandatory to be able to tell your fans where they can catch you on social media if you have any other upcoming dates besides the BCW and the Ring of Honor show. And of course, where bookers can contact you for future booking uh, inquiries. Uh, everything's real simple. It's all at Rhett Titus A-N-S. R-H-E-T-T-T-I-T-U-S-A-N-X. And that's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. Um, you know, YouTube.com slash Rhett Titus. Always posting a new video up there every week, so go check it out. Facebook.com slash Rhett Titus. You know, bookings, Rhett the Threat at Hotmail.com. So, you know, very easy to find, you know, not not too hard to find. So just hit me up, uh, you know, how it is. Um, and, yeah, you know, uh, you got the BCW, you got the Ring of Honor on the 3rd and the 4th. 
And then, like I said, next week uh, I got Billy John and Barnegat, New Jersey, on the 11th. And then I get married on March 12th, and I'll be going to uh, Cancun, Mexico for my honeymoon. So uh, I'm going to be a little incognito for a little bit. But you know when the big doll comes back, she's going to be better than ever. Well, you guys, you guys heard it from the big dog himself, Brett Titus. On behalf of me and myself uh, and George, we do congratulate you on your uh, marriage coming up. We hope you have a very happy one and a fun, fun honeymoon. Uh, so I thank you again for giving us the time to sit down and talk to us, and I hope you have a great evening. Thank you guys for having me. I'll see you all this Friday. Yes, right, you Mr. will. Titus, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. All right. So, guys, that was like how you said. You couldn't have said it any better, uh, Lollipop Queen. The big dog, uh, Red Titus, uh, leader of the rebellion, ROA superstar, and, of course, you will be meeting him this coming Friday at the BCW one-year anniversary, uh, and, of course, at Bree Championship Wrestling, where you and, of course, Legion Media's own, of course, Millie Cruz will be there uh, conducting business with our good old Mr. Peter Rosado. Uh, so that, that should be very, very interesting. And then, like you said, Saturday at the Hammerstein Ballroom uh, Ring of Honor for Manhattan Mayhem. Let me tell you something, Christina. You better take some a lot of pictures that Saturday at the Hammerstein because that is a very, very famous building. Oh, I'm well aware. I mean, to be honest, I really didn't give it too much thought because of so much that is going on that weekend. But, you know, to be able to be in the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is, you know, a historical building, you know, in wrestling and just in and of itself, it's, it's definitely an honor, and I'm so thankful that, you know, through, uh, you know, through Russell City Radio in my allegiance with Legions Media, I'm able to, to make these, these travels out there and be a part of, you know, such historical, uh, you know, such historical events like BCW's, you know, first anniversary show and then the next night being in the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's, it's a dream come true and it's a little surreal. It fully hasn't hit me yet. It probably won't until I'm, you know, you know my luggage is at the door and I'm ready to, to leave. But I, I'm definitely insanely honored, and it's definitely crazy to to think about it because it just doesn't feel real yet. Well, if that's the case, if you're feeling butterflies for that, imagine what's coming up in June. <laughs> uh, should we Wait. announce it yet or no? No, I don't want to talk about it yet. I think it's a bit far in advance. I think we should get through, you know, WrestleMania and everything that we okay. have planned and, you know, spread it out, okay. spread out the joy a little bit. Okay. Uh, keep the, the, the listeners, you know, on their toes saying, when are they going to make that announcement? Just like how we were freaking being tortured with Emmalina, and then all of a sudden when she first appears, now we're going to see the transformation to Emma. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, were you one of those frustrated people with the whole Emmalina thing, Christina? Oh, completely. But, you know, I don't want to compare our, um, you know, our announcement to Emmalina because, you know, for me at least, it was a little bit of a disappointment. You know, you know, our our announcement is not going to be disappointing. I 100% guarantee it. Oh, definitely not. So, guys, uh, we are all going to go ahead and close shop uh, for tonight. 
It was a pleasure uh, to, of course, be on the first ever episode of Wrestle City Radio with you, Lollipop Queen. But we have things to do tonight. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and end our show tonight. But, guys, make sure you tune in next week when we're back on the air with the ever-so-entertaining Pinky Sanchez will be on the show next week, which I'm sure is going to... Oh, God, I must drink like five Red Bulls because just to keep up with Pinky Sanchez is going to be a mission. So, guys, for everyone here on Russell City Radio, I have to say good night, take care, but most importantly, yes, I'm sorry, I'm going to continue saying this because it's just us. Stay real. Good night, folks.